Welcome to episode 27 of People Behind the Business, a show for small businesses with small teams and huge ambitions. I'm your host, Rosemary Richens. This week on the blog, I covered some tactics you can use to be really Marie Kondo-esque about the platforms that you are using to promote your business. And really, this is expanding on that discussion even more. So basically, I am going to start off by telling you the story of an experience I had recently, which reminded me of one of the most common questions I get these days, which is a very valid concern about what the return on investment can be out of something like blogging. But I would argue that that concern applies to all other types of marketing as well. Started like this. I went to the cafe area of my co-working space to go and get some leftovers from the waffle breakfast. Uh, there were a few pancakes on the table. So I went down and got my pancakes and sat beside a member that I hadn't really talked to before. And uh, we started talking. At first, it was just idle chit-chat about, uh, about the leftovers and how yummy the pancakes looked. And then he was like, okay, so what do you do? I see your member there here. And uh, the way he knew that was because all the members there, they were name tags with their name and their organization on it which also double as a key that gets us into the member-only areas. So I told him what I did. I was like, yeah, so I, I help small businesses get more traction out of their blogs so that their website can get more visibility. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, I work for a charity, and uh, we're thinking of experimenting with blogging eventually do you do any teaching and all that and I told him the truth I said well you know I I have a blog right now uh, that has a lot of great resources for that but teaching isn't really something I have done much of yet um so that's when we got into a question that I feel like I hear all the time these days and that is a huge and very valid concern. What if I just set up a blog and nothing happens? So I said, well, fair enough. Uh, I Believe it or not, I hear this concern all the time. And that's a big part of why I try to do a lot more than just write blog posts. Uh, so that's very much why I wanted to frame today's discussion 
around just deciding whether or not a good idea for you is a specific kind of content marketing platform, whether it be a blog or going live on Facebook or starting a podcast or whatever it may be. Because I feel so much like we're saturated with all this like quote unquote expert advice. And thing is, they're, they're making money off that. So of course they want to say, you should try my tactic or you should buy my course or you should do this because they apparently made a whole bunch of money off it. But the reality that I always like to stress, especially on my blog, is uh, the fact that it's not always the perfect fit for people. And that's fine. Not everyone should be blogging. Not everyone should be doing weekly podcasts. And so it's important before you even start, before you invest time and money into the whole idea of that, that you really, 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 really have a serious thought process about whether or not you should spend time on a specific marketing approach. And so today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the three signs that you shouldn't go ahead and try a specific marketing tactic that you've been hearing all your peers and colleagues and things like that have been doing. So sign number one uh, is that your audience doesn't share that content type. But the million dollar question about when I bring that up really is how do you know that they don't share that content type? Uh, so a good way to find out is to actually start following people in your target audience and really pay attention to what they're sharing. Do they share things that they find funny? Do they share things that they find informative? Is it helping their personal lives in some way? And then the most important part you want to take a look at is what content type are they sharing? Are they sharing blog posts? Are they sharing things like videos they saw on YouTube? Are they really active on one platform versus another? Are they listening to a whole bunch of podcasts and recommending them to their friends? So your recommended thing to do after you listen to this episode, if you're hearing me going, oh, holy shit, I have no idea. I, I don't know what type of content my audience really prefers. You know, that's okay, but you need to do something about that. I would recommend going ahead, going into whatever social media platform you're currently active on, and just start following people who are interested in 
similar interests to what your company is all about. Just follow a whole bunch of people that fit that character type. And just start noting any patterns you notice. So, yeah, as I mentioned before, uh, things like what they're sharing, what type of content they're sharing, why they share things, and just make a list. Really, really take the time to listen to what they are interested in. Which brings me to why that might mean that you need to not prioritize a specific content type. So, all right, after you start to listen to what people are interested in in your target audience, you will begin to notice that there are certain things that never really come up in conversation. Like, maybe they don't spend much time on YouTube, or maybe they prefer to digest really, really quick quotes. Then, if you are noticing that the content type you are interested in producing, that's not showing up, then you need to rethink your strategy and consider a different content type instead. A great example of this, for instance, was uh, recently I did a content strategy call with a client of mine. Uh, that is one of my services. Uh, and always really, it's just about talking through what is they are doing with how they're reaching people, like their whole strategy and just auditing that and figuring out what they can do to do even better. And she mentioned to me, you know what? I have a Facebook account, but I don't use it much. And I honestly don't enjoy the process of logging in. So I said to her, you know what? That's fine. There's enough options out there that perhaps focus on something that you are already thriving at. And then I noticed that she was particularly strong on Instagram and LinkedIn. So I told her, you know what? Why not try those platforms for now? You know, I think we get really caught up in the stats and numbers of all these different studies that are out there about the fact that apparently a certain age group is more active on one platform versus the other and Americans spend this much time per month or year or whatever on a specific platform. But, you know, the one thing I've noticed is the flaw in a lot of those studies is that it's only relying on a very specific group of people, people who actively were there and able to participate in these studies. And yeah, they're very useful, 
uh, I will sometimes, I mean, I will even use them to help people when they're stumped on which platform to choose or I'll quote them in a, in a blog post or whatever. But you have to take the information that comes up in them with a grain of salt, unfortunately. Because, yeah, surveys aren't perfect and these studies aren't perfect. And it's important to recognize that. And also, I think the biggest danger of choosing platforms that you don't really like all that much and you're not sure if your target audience likes is that you're less likely to keep going the one thing that will make you successful at it, which is consistency. So I'm going to say that one more time because it is important to remember there are so many options out there. So if you feel the pressure to be on one platform versus the other, you can always choose something else. Which brings me to sign number two that you should probably not choose that specific marketing strategy, which is the fact that someone said you should do this because I made a whole bunch of money off it, therefore it will work for you. You know, the thing about marketing in general is that it's not a one-size-fits-all process. Even if it's a peer or whatever, uh, that might not work for you. Like, I found this, for instance, with Facebook Live. There was a whole phase about a year or two ago where it seemed like everyone was saying, oh, man, you have to go live. It has huge amounts of conversion rates. And I admit I kind of fell for that, too. And I'm not naturally, like, a very in-your-face performer. I have a history of getting very anxious when I have to perform in front of a crowd. And so I didn't do as well at it as I could. And it seemed like a big waste of time to me because I was just way too rambly. <laughs> yeah, no better word for that, really. And uh, so I noticed, too, that I wasn't really getting much in the ways of traffic from my Facebook lives. I was doing better with my Facebook lives when I took bits and pieces from them and uh, repurposed them as either blog posts or podcast episodes or things like that. So I decided to put less emphasis on actually doing Facebook lives because really it wasn't where I really, truly thrived. And I think that applies to you no matter what you're considering. So the last one I'm going to tell you about, the last sign that you're not making the right choice with the content marketing platform, is you're very hesitant to invest in it. 
And I don't mean in terms of just in terms of financially. I totally get it. We're all small, small business owners. We don't have a ton of money. We don't have corporate budgets. But at the same time, you have to be at least be willing to do what you need to do to get that domain that gets you more reach or that freelancer that helps you get better SEO rankings or anything like that, like WordPress or stuff like that, because that helps you get more reach or that social media tool that helps you repurpose content on loop over the long term or anything like that. If as you're considering this platform, whatever it may be, you go, you know what? I'm not actually willing to do that. Then that's an important thought in your head to recognize. And I think that applies to time investments as well. If you look at just how much time it takes to get traction out of whatever platform it may be, if you start to see all the articles about it, where people are telling the truth, major people who are now quote-unquote influencers are saying, you know what, I was blogging for 10 years before I started really getting attention. Then and you go, you know what, I'm not willing to play the waiting game. I'm not willing to show up once a week. Then there are other, always other options you can try. So I hope this gives you a good starting point for your content marketing ideas. And I encourage you to consider all of these before you invest time and money in some sort of marketing thing. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard and you would like to keep up to date on future episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast listening device. And I also have an active newsletter for podcast updates and etc. And the link for that is available in the show notes if you'd like to opt into that. And of course, tell all your friends and I'll see you soon on future episodes.